Hello friends, welcome <laughs> once again to the Burn Candy Podcast. It's the best kind of podcast, cause it's my kind of podcast, and it's your kind of podcast. We're feeling extra silly this morning. God, that is so funny. It must be because I had a Diet Coke. Yes, that is really, that's what I'm saying. It. I want to feel bad about it, and it's like going to kill me early. You but, know, but some people do heroin, so you in the spectrum. I keep laughing to myself about how we were talking the other day about pregnancy and like how you, you know, you you worry so much yeah. and should I eat this? And none of us are pregnant that we know of or whatever. But I'm just saying, like, you, you go. But there are crack babies. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like my just. I think about that. I'm like trying to get pregnant. I'm like, oh my gosh, should I have this glass of wine? Because like, what yeah. if it like affects my eggs? And I'm like, yeah. oh right, there crack babies. Are crack babies. I mean, it does take a load off your mind. It does. Like you know. And then I, I you know, what is like my new favorite quote that I think about? Maybe it's because I'm thinking a lot about life yeah, right now, right. and I just love taking care. Like I keep buying house plants. It's really become a weird thing now. And now I keep, gr- I want to grow things out of like my old lettuce. I, I planted oh it and made it grow again. And I did it with my, a, a whole bunch of stuff. I'm doing it with an avocado, uh, <laughs> growing an avocado a tree. Pit, yeah. And uh, all I can think about is the quote from Jurassic Park, life will find a way. Oh. And so I think about that and I'm like, life You're finds a way. It. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Mm-hmm. Not, not in every case, but. You know, a lot of the time. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know. All right, people, before we get started, I have to tell you about Sarah's latest obsession, which I'm not even going to let her talk about because she gets on a rampage and we don't have that kind of time. But basically, you know how Sarah has a dog that ruins all of our live Q&As, Sigmund? Well, Sarah's a busy gal, and she doesn't always have time to take the dog for a walk. He gets neglected. And so she found this app called WAG that allows her to bring in... It's like the Uber of dog walking. And you let people come over, take your dog out for a walk. They, You can track the dog on GPS. It sends you text messages saying what your dog had done if it went number one or number two, it's all involved and you basically don't have to do anything. And so she's obsessed. It's a private dog walking service. So there's not like 15 dogs on a leash, like in the movies. It's just like your dog getting the, you know, King's treatment. So if you have a dog, give it a try. Um, You can download the WAG app on iTunes or Google Play by searching WAG Walking. And if you sign up before the end of today's show, you'll get your first walk free. So you can try it and tell Sarah how you love it. When Sarah tried it the first time, she sent me a picture. The Doggy Gazette, the picture that she got from the walker of Sigmund on his, like, you know, King's Walk. So you guys can show us those pictures, post them on Twitter or whatever. We love to see them. Um, but yeah, download the app and uh, get your first walk for free. Wag. I got an email from a friend of mine named Joel who said he has a friend who's a uh, loyal listener. Oh, great. And asked if we could do a shout out. <gasps> okay. But it's it's so great because her name is Melissa and she's a fancy pants attorney. Oh. But apparently 
<laughs> she, I said, does she have a particular style of music that, oh, she, God. that she likes? And he says at every wedding, she sings, <laughs> these boots are made for walking. Okay. Now you can choose that, or he says she also performs a great soul man and has done an acoustic gin and juice. Oh, dang. She's, she, no <laughs> She's, wonder she likes us. <laughs> right, so. Melissa is a lawyer. Yes, she's a lawyer. And, and she sings, these boots are made for walking, soul man, and acoustic gin and juice version. Now, oh, there's her pop. Oh. <laughs> there's the pop. Okay, so, the, okay. and her last name is Goodman, which, you know, is, oh, hmm. you could add something to that. Sarah's making notes. I had, I mean, I gotta, like, know where to go. Yeah. So, you know, you could do it now. You could do it later. Oh, I might. Let's do it later. I'll, 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 you know, I'll come up think, with a little think boots on made it. for walking, okay. you know? Yeah. Now there's, like, super fresh, because, like, what if I'm worse when I prepare? I probably will be. <laughs> well, Just get ready for that. There's also a gal named Audrey who said, Suze, I've had it. I want my freaking shout out. Oh. <laughs> okay. Audrey's had enough. <laughs> I'll write down those notes, too. Audrey fed up. Underline, underline, underline. So keep those in mind. Now, I don't know if Melissa and Audrey are going to approve of this. You should take pictures of me, my very official notes. (laughs) I should let you know that they also look like this when I write them in class. It's amazing I have such good grades. Yes, that is. But, you know, it's a sign of genius, isn't it? The face that you made when you said that makes me think that maybe you're just... Making that up. <laughs> Today we decided to talk a little bit about some true crimey stuff, mm-hmm. some murders, and <laughs> <laughs> oh, Adam is like snapping me or something. But I also recently saw the Oklahoma City documentary. Yeah, we have a lot that to really talk moved about. You, didn't it? It moved me. Mm-hmm. So let's get to it. Where do you want to begin with this? Do you want to talk about lady serial killers? Pretty much. Yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> This was a really fascinating one because the reasons why men and women kill are mm-hmm. so different. Right. It's almost like the gender micro... It's like a boiled down of like who oh, we are. Oh my God. Kind of. Yeah, I didn't even think about it like that. Yes. It's our most basic need. And I think it's the... Now that I think about it that you say that, it's almost like the threat of a... Like threatening our sense of self or mm-hmm. our identity or what we want most. Oh, damn. Yes. <laughs> when I think about it, that's exactly it. So first I'll ask you, what percentage of all serial killers do you think are women? <clears throat> Two. Oh my God. It's so much higher than that. That's what I thought too. Yeah. Guess again. Well, 10, 15 to 20 reason Good studies for them. show. You know what? Good for them. I think a lot of times we just didn't realize, like, a lot of female serial killers got away with it. <gasps> See, that makes me happy. The, their method of... What are they doing? They're poisoning people. Oh, my God. I love it. And could you imagine if this is like... Oh, like nurses? Yes. That's my other thing I was yeah. going to say, that the majority of them are in the healthcare industry. I did know that. I forgot. And they're employed as caretakers in some way. Not necessarily the healthcare industry, but they're employed as caretakers. And it said that one of the reasons... For yes. doing this, yeah. like, there was a study that was done in 2006, um, and I'm going to put up. I ha- I have the PDF of the study. Uh, 
So I have that I for you. I remember reading about this. I was thinking more on the Aline Warnos yes. phenomenon. Where well, that's why there hers is such a phenomenon. because And she's barely a woman. She does <laughs> She de- she defied all of the female serial killer norms. <laughs> Adam, you have to stop filming. <laughs> I, keep, I just keep laughing. Stop. Oh, man. Yes. Uh, Adam is breaking up the flow, which is what leads to many of these murders, by the way. <laughs> well, it's funny because the majority of the victims <laughs> are husbands or loved ones that are men. So, Adam, look out. Well, that's the thing that I wanted you to explain is yes. like... That even though that's really screwed up, that you would kill your husband mm-hmm. or men that you're taking care of or whatever, mm-hmm. or that, even your kid. <laughs> yeah, out of here. Even though it's screwed up, I get it. Um, <laughs> no, is that there, it doesn't seem psychotic right. to me. It's, well, they found that females were more pragmatic in their killing, which is interesting because males are right. more pragmatic in general. Yeah. When it shows that, like, in when they snap. Women. It's women get very methodical and like plan and plot exactly how they're going to do it. I mean, that makes sense. Plan and plot in regular life, and then when they snap, they just just lose it. Act frantic like women do regular! (laughs) So men get hysterical. Yes. Although, typically, right, serial killers are pretty methodical and like have an MO. Even men. The, 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 um, drive the motive behind it is so different with men it's usually like sex it's a lot of times based on like sex or yeah this drive. arousal satisfaction yes, yes. it is like so lust gross. it's you a lot of times like so lust roles and or it has to do with ven like revenge and vengeance but with women it's they kill to improve their lifestyle <laughs> is it that that's like the 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 summary of the study. For real? For real. How and if you think about women... It? Okay, so think about a woman who's in domestic violence. Oh, yeah. She murders But to that's get not a improved. serial killer. Think about a woman who uh, wants to... Who feels worthless and wants to... A lot of times they kill because of the sympathy they want to receive following the killing. They, they often kill their loved ones. Oh, my God. Like children. Ooh. Why do you think it is that women are freaking lo- love being pitied and <sighs> sympathized with? Because we do. I know. I love it, like, too. We'll, like, I'm slink. such a martyr. Whenever I, like, <laughs> I really like to, you know. God, I'm trying to think of so- I, something that I, like, held over my husband's head for a while. But I can't think of anything off you the top of my head. You know when we, like, harumph into a chair and, like, sigh all the time? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we want someone okay, to be but I physically wrong. can't help, but not. I, that's like an <laughs> automatic react. I'm a big sire. Okay. It's, and, but don't, aren't you trying Sometimes to elicit a reaction? To. Or do you sigh when you're alone as well? I sigh when I'm alone. I, it's almost like my body is, comp- when I feel overwhelmed, I just, it comes and I just. You let it out. Every single time I walk into my therapist's office, I do a big sigh. She's like, oh, that was a big sigh today. I'm like, oh. I'm My sorry. God, I really? Because you just know what's coming. Or yeah, I'm a sire. Okay. Well, I mean, to I me- mean, whatever. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, she was an. In- Did you see Monster the movie? Yes. Oh my God. Did you love it? Shirley Theron or Throne? Oh right. What I don't else? Know. Yeah, Charlie. <laughs> she did such a Chuck good job. Chuck Theron did a good job. <laughs> 
<laughs> we should call her that. She's so beautiful. Yeah. Do you think she's a bitch in real life? No, I think she's funny. Okay, good. I didn't know. Yeah, she was on Chelsea Hit, Chelsea Handler recently, oh, and she smokes dubs. <gasps> oh, uh, then we're down. Oh, right. Didn't she got smoking out of an apple once? Yeah. Dude. That's the one. Me and Chuck would be good buddies. Chuck. I remember thinking she was a bee, too. Now I want to hang out with her. Yeah, I think she's funny, and she's, like, real badass and doesn't put up with any shit from men. I like that. Remember when she ghosted Sean Penn? Do you know about this? Oh my god, I do remember. That was right around apple pot time. It was because maybe it was the apple pot. I don't know, um, but she was just like did, broke the up with him and make didn't, me not so good at returning messages. She was just like over him and forgot to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> they broke up and he didn't know it. You know what? You go, girl. Right. Get anyway. It. Anyway, I don't remember. Oh yeah, monster. Yeah. Right. What do you, what? Okay, but then she, she said that she became a Christian. Did you ever see her on the stand? They have, like, a video of her. Okay, yeah, she became Christian five days before she was going to get... <laughs> I but, mean, come on. But I don't know. I mean... And you know what? Good for her if she did, but you still got... I mean, you're still... Yeah, I we're think... We're still going to... She acknowledged that, it was, you know, she took responsibility. But she had... It, oh, it's so hard because it, it really is a biopsychosocial model like that people are what who they are for so many reasons it's your biology yeah it's your social environment and it's also your psychology that plays a role there's a there it's threefold it's more than just and so she was a victim of uh brutal yeah child abuse right and sex like like you know, sex, sexual abuse when she was younger. And if you pair that with a family and you have no resources after you're abused like that, and that's how you were raised and you have all this fear, and then you add on top of that some sort of mental illness or something that's off, like a, you know, anything, uh, you know, as a child, like oppositional defiant disorder, which then turns into antisocial personality disorder if it's yeah. not addressed, which are what we know serial killers to be. Mm-hmm. And then you put her in an environment, like, it's threefold, you know? And yeah. then it just is a recipe for disaster. Now, if you take the same individual and you give them even a little bit of a resource, you know, it's like, it the outcome would be different. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are worried, like, oh, my God. I've even worried, like, oh, my God. I have mental illness in my family. Am I going to, like, have the next Jack the Ripper as a child? Like, freaking out about that stuff. That was, well, like, that was my entire undergrad experience. (laughs) I have schizophrenia, and my children are going to be serial killers. And then I was like, oh, right. Here's why that's not going to happen. You know these people that, like, um, for example... I was reading about Bill Cosby's daughter who still believes he's mm-hmm. been set up by like opportunists and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she acknowledges that, you know, her dad had affairs, but that they were consensual. And I'm fascinated by people who, for what, what you can explain the reason, have to believe in yes. the innocence of the, the, their love. They have to. Why? The, 
Why does our brain do that where we're, we can it's actually... It's the same as like a confirmation bias. Like you will look for Why? what... Why? That you dissonance know? in your brain is so hard for your brain to handle. It's kind of like... I mean, anytime new information is introduced or something that's outside of the realm of what our belief system is, it's the same as... First, I mean... Not exactly the same, but I'm trying to think of something that's an absolute for some people. Okay, for somebody who's a creationist, mm-hmm. they're like, no, this is so true to me. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that is so <laughs> not true to me. Right. And there's nothing yeah. that you're going to say. It's even to them, even when science shows them yeah. things, they still can't. Because it would mean, because you have to look at anything as there's like a ripple effect. So if I were to accept that my father is a rapist. Right. That now means that I have the genetics of somebody who is a rapist. Which means that my, and I have a son or I have a child. That now there's this, or maybe that person themselves Maybe she was also a victim of sexual abuse at somebody else's hands. And she hasn't come to terms with that. Well, I and watched... maybe accepting that would also mean that she accepts her own sexual abuse. And that is too much for her to handle. There's so many layers. It could break a person. I don't even... I mean, that could be true for some people. But I think that it could be as simple as the feeling of you th- this phrase... You think you know someone. So, like, I think I know you. Right. So if someone comes presents all this information to me that you're something totally mm-hmm. opposite of how I know you, it would probably just take an enormous amount Yeah, you know what? To I'm trying to think me. about... Because it goes either way, you know? I, I think about other interviews with people where they say, yeah, they're what... You interview people's parents, and they say, yeah... Little, you know, Ted was a little different. <laughs> yes, and so the there there are those. Well, because when it can't be denied, for you know, oh, when, I see. Then they can make sense Then you try to find these rapes. Yeah, that's a he said, she said in their mind, yeah. and so then they're gonna just say, well, I know my dad, and he would never do that. Well, I mean, I have people who stood up for my dad that were saying those things. Right. People that were childhood friends of the family. Right. And they might not even think that, like, you're lying, but they just think there's a misunderstanding. Well, I think that the person who said that was also a victim of my dad. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. That's really weird. Yep. And that is more common than you think. Yeah. Because it would mean accepting their own. Yeah, right. I get that. And his own daughter. I mean, you never know. All right. So let's. Well, really I did see. A there's a video on YouTube. I'll have to oh. post it in the newsletter of um, Bill Cosby's daughter. I can't remember which one was the uh, victim of assault by Mike Tyson. Oh, right. Uh, oh. And she told her whether she right. told her parents or they found out and then. Phil Don, he was like, well, what did your dad do? And he called Mike Tyson. Right, I remember. Like, what dad is Uh just like, hey, Mike, can you stop raping? 
Uh-huh. My kids, you would call the cops. See, I mean, so, it just speaks to a, a atmosphere. rape culture. Yeah, rape culture. Right. Even within a, an, a, a home. Yeah. We always come back to Cosby. He's such a weird example, but right. it's so fascinating, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you- I mean, I think you're there. There's. It's only a matter of. Well, I hope it's not a matter of time. I really, that's a horrible thing to say. But I think that we're going to start hearing more and more of these instances where these people in power took advantage of. I mean, look at uh, O'Reilly. Right. Yeah. And I do think that, that what happened with Bill Cosby kind of allowed those other, and Trump, that was one. There's mm-hmm. been a lot recently, a lot of women who have come out and say, oh, yeah. Yeah, and if guy- you're on the other side, then you just think these are opportunists. These are people who take advantage and want money or whatever, fame. Yeah, that girl who said it about me said I did that just to go on the real world. <laughs> Can you imagine? Could you imagine? Yeah, I'm an alien. Oh, yeah, and I got my dad to call the house and everything. And also I've been paying out of pocket for therapy for the last however many years. Yeah, it's been a real boon. Yeah, I did all that for... <laughs> um. Let's take a break and talk about something positive. What? <laughs> I uh, just want to encourage people, if you haven't already, guess what time it is. Time to use BioClarity. Yeah. I got three tweets about it today. Oh, nice. People are like, I'm doing it. I'm going for BioClarity. It's a three-step acne wash, and it has no weird, harsh chemicals in it, which I love. And it is simultaneously effective, yet soothing. You get the results. And... It's 100% risk-free, guaranteed. So go to BioClarity.com, and you get your first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping. It's a $20 savings, and like I said, if it doesn't work for you, just send it back, and you get your money back. Yeah, Use man. code BRAINCANDY when you go to BioClarity.com. Um, yeah, that's a more positive story than... And back to serial killer. Yeah, right? <laughs> um can I share with you about this documentary, or do you still want to talk about women for a minute? Me about your oh wait, you know what? I'll talk what? about this idea. So what? I was reading this article in the Atlantic about, you know, the popularity of true crime, mm-hmm. especially among women. And you are right. Yeah, freaking half of my MFT graduating class is like it's obsessed with like obsessed. I'm like that's the last thing I want to do. People, I was with my friend Kara last night. She watches Dateline to soothe herself. Oh, you know, that people just rocks love you to bed. Dateline. Like a people, little nice lullaby. They love all the My Favorite Murder, all those podcasts about yeah. true crime. And it was talking about even on Amazon, the true crime books are 90% reviewed by women. Oh. Whereas most books is 50 50. Like normal yeah. paperback is right. men and women 50%. Yeah. So. It was exploring why that would be the case. And it was, you know, talking about how they they call it the gender fear paradox, where men are more likely to die from murder and violence, but women are disproportionately (laughs) afraid of it. (laughs) Do do you think there's a part of us that enjoys being afraid of that? Or do you think they read it to conquer that fear? Yeah, it's like uh, immersion therapy. And it's like... You feel empowered by, you know, learning about how they murderers were. That's true. I do feel empowered after I I watch Law and Order SVU. (laughs) I always thought it's so weird that I'm so obsessed with that, watching that. Mm -hmm. Holy crap. 
Yeah. That article just showed me what's up. I'll put that in the newsletter That's if you want to be on the newsletter. Fascinating. Go to the and enter your email. Um, Where's that yeah. with the video camera to catch my, my <laughs> right. the look yeah. of shock on my face? Exactly. No, Damn. it's an interesting concept. And um, yeah, that women find it helpful to be immersed in this weird world of murder. Yeah, it is. Women are so fucking weird. They, well, and the female serial killers that I was looking up are even more bizarre. Who's your personal favorite? Oh, okay, well, I got a, a few new ones after that. Oh my God, they're so... These ones creep me out so much because a lot of them involve ugh, murdering KIDS. <laughs> I can't even say it. KIDS. Do you prefer CHI or the Their own? Uh, no. Really? Like one woman was, they call her the demon midwife, and she was in <laughs> the 1940s in Japan. Okay. And she was a midwife who would murder the babies as she was delivering them. She would then murder them, but only of poor people because she felt like they were not going to have a good chance in life anyway. So she was putting them out of their misery, and they know of 103. You lie. I do not lie. And I love how the Japanese are so good at naming them. Well, <laughs> just wait. How about the soap maker of Corrigio? What? Her name was Leonarda, and I can't even say her now, last name, but she's this Italian woman. The soap maker of what? It's C-O-R-R-E-G-G-I-O. Okay. Correggio. Okay. The soap maker of Correggio. Maybe it's that how you say, that's how you say it. But she was the mother to a man who was a son who was drafted and she was scared that when he went to war he was going to be killed. So she murdered she thought the only way in her head she justified the only way that she would be able to save him was through human sacrifice. So she oh, yeah. went out into the town. <laughs> she killed three young women with poisoned wine. I would have fallen for that. Right. Hello. Oldest trick in the book. Oldest trick in the book. <laughs> Killed the three women, then chopped him up, boiled him into stew, fed him to her son, and also turned him into soap. That's and then not her true. body and her family washed him with soap. That's a lie. I it's not a lie. What? I'm what? gonna put this link in the thing too. What I sent year? you it this was in I wherever saw. the draft in the in I think it was World War One. That is insanity. Italy is I love it. And then, oh God, what are the, then the, there's another one. They call her the giggling granny because during all of her interviews, she couldn't stop laughing. Get the hell out of here. And she murdered her, she murdered five husbands, her mother, her sister, it. her grandson, and her mother-in-law, all with arsenic. At the same time? No, at different times. How did she not get caught, Sarah? Right. Why? Well, what about the guy who lived next door to you who murdered three women? Two only. Well, I'm rounding And up. it only took the second one for people to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, this was a while ago, so I'm gonna, I, I have to get the link to this so I can that is prove insane. to you that this is a real thing that I didn't just make up like how you think I do. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think that. Oh my God, as I'm doing this, I'm pulling up my email, which is what I needed to talk to you about. I want to hear this. When I came in and I was like, Susie, I really need your help. This is totally not about serial Tell killers. Tell me right but now. But almost made me want to kill myself when I saw it. Tell me. So I have, this is just like my school email. And I didn't know, I don't know when I set up like what it did or whatever. So <laughs> I always email my professors through here. I email my classmates through here and everything. Oh no. And I emailed my professor 
and who's like a younger guy who like oh all the God. girls have a crush on, Jesus. of course. Or at least you showed me his picture already. Not th- did I show you the picture? You did. Yeah. So like, I mean, he, they just you know he's just like better looking than Your every other old professor. professor. So oh I send this email with this link to a video that's really good about this new show that's about therapy and working with the African-American community. I'm like, this is so good. You have to check it out. I did not know that my signature is my name with my phone number. (laughs) He then sends me an email back that was like, that looks very interesting. I'll add it to my watch list, blah, 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 like all nice and professional. And he's like, by the way, your email signature says Sarah Patterson. Is that a former, like, he re- saw that, and then I had never even looked it because the emails it usually cuts off like the signature. I've never even seen it, and then I was I looked at it and I was like, oh, it does. Where? And I was like, oh my god, it has my name and my phone number. It looks like I just sent him an email with my phone number in it, and now I'm like, I gotta backpedal and be like, no, this is not. I really just wanted you to watch the show, and so I was like, and. I didn't know my phone number was in there. I'm sorry, and now I have to you take that off. You did not say sorry. No, I didn't. I just said, well, I did. I this said, is horrible. I said, no, my name is Sarah Patterson. I never changed with it. Admissions, I suppose I should do that before the next semester. Thanks for the reminder. And I didn't know my phone number was in there. So thanks for the heads up. I need to take that off, too. Ugh, I have no idea how to do that. Sorry. Oh, God. I feel like you got, it got worse. Did it? Yeah. Because it's not like he thought, oh, jeez. No, but I feel like, I mean, how do I get that? Now I think about all the other professors I've emailed where I've been like, oh, any male professor is probably like, that's weird. Or female, why is she sending me her e? How do I take that off? And I've already gone through everything on settings. And it, said, like, it also said, oh, do it from your desktop. And I was like, oh, I don't have it. We're going to have to do that today. So we need to do that. We'll put that down the list of things to do for Brain Candy this afternoon. <laughs> on the agenda. Yeah. Put uh, it on the agenda, Undo please. all of Sarah's damage. <laughs> <laughs> we won't have time. I mean, what if he called you? What would you do? And was just like, hey, Sarah. I'd, I'd be like, ha- did you watch the show? <laughs> it's really important. I need you to do that because I think that everybody needs to see it. And also, somebody needs to update the goddamn videos that we watch that are from 1970. I swear, we watch VHS tapes of therapy sessions. Yeah. VHS. Right. V-H-S. <laughs> Those are at least 30 to 40 years old. That's not true. Yes, My they are. original Road Rules was on VHS. That was 1998. Okay, 20 years old. <laughs> Still. A lot of the therapeutic methods have been updated in 20... And also, I mean, we're like... Right. This isn't even relevant. Right. And neither are your <laughs> scrunchy socks and like kids. Well, actually, those are back, so never mind. Oh, my God. Sarah, for real, though, oh if he God. calls what you was and I was like, thinking? Sarah, you know what? I, you're such a good student. Do you want to go? Re- I would re- report him. You would not report him. If he well, said, let's get coffee and talk about psychology. Get out. Susie, why are you even saying that? That's ridiculous. He would never do that. He's an excellent professor, and I am a I bet he listens to the show. Not citizen. Student. Student. (laughs) What if he listens to Brain Candy? He doesn't, because he has better things to do at this time. Well, no. He probably should listen to this, because it's the best use of time. What it should be in my signature. That and fine with. I encourage them. Oh, then they know I smoke doobies, but what ifs? Medicinal. (laughs) 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, now, I want to talk about, well, there's two things. Did you know that there's a guy who found out that Chuck Manson is his dad? No. I have to pull it up. I can't believe that I've made that worse. God damn it. You really did. I can't stop thinking about it now. Look at this guy. He, so, he was adopted, and he, his sister broke the news. You were adopted when he was pretty old. And then his parents were like, yeah, that's true. But then they didn't reveal much, much else. Eventually, he tracked down his birth mother, started talking to her, and she said, well, I kind of like don't really know who your dad is because you were a, a product of rape. And I was like out of it, drug, drugged up. Oh, and that's already <clears throat> traumatic to hear that. Yeah. And then, um, then she said... But it was in this, like, group commune situation, and Charles Manson was there. And then he looked in the mirror, and he saw this at himself. Oh, Oh my God, it is him. That is his dad. It's undeniable. That's, no. Like, even even if you saw him on the street, you'd be like, like, that that guy guy looks looks like Charles Manson. Let me say that again. Holy shit balls. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how it didn't occur to him before that, to be honest. If I look, like, you know how people tell you. Is he you, a nice guy? Who? Th- this guy? I don't know. He's just a dude. <sighs> Although it looks like, I don't know. If I looked like Charles Manson, I wouldn't wear skulls all over my clothing. <laughs> Yeah, like, cut your hair. Like, why is he trying to emulate the whole style? You don't have to... Just because every facial feature of yours looks like your dad doesn't mean you have to do his hairstyle. Accentuate him. And questionable fashion taste. Or what if he just was into that? And right. it's, like, genetic. Okay, so that was what? fun. I mean, I don't know the rest of the story. I just know that he looks just like Chuck, and that's where the story ended for me. Dang, I have so many more questions. Although this... There's an article here that says, I think he, Chuck has, <laughs> I need to call him Charles. Charles Manson has several kids, so I think it, there's like a where are they now type of thing. Because, oh, you know, he was involved in a, a lot of... Facebook group or something, make a Facebook group or something. Right. Because they were all in orgies and all this other oh. stuff, so, um, yeah. I'll have to do like a where are they well, now. Well, and Charles Manson is a true narcissist who would absolutely, absolutely. want to procreate yeah. Over and over and over. Yeah. That guy, he's something. Yeah, sure is. Um, okay. Oh, God. So I wanted to talk about the Oklahoma City documentary, yeah. which, wait, let's do your shout outs. Are you ready? Oh, my God. I didn't even think about those. We might as well just, just do it. You got to just dive in. What's Audrey, Audrey and Melissa. Um, uh, Audrey's fed up. Melissa, she's a listener. Melissa, she's so cute. Gonna give to Patreon and something, something, something to boot. 
really good. Do you think she'll like it? I that, hope so. That was off the cuff. No kidding. <laughs> and then Audrey um, is fed up. She's had it. Because she's not getting a chat up? Yeah, oh, she's oh. sick of waiting. Audrey is sick of waiting for a shout out. So guess what? <laughs> you don't get one. This is not a shout out. This is not a shout out to Audrey. This is not. It's not a shout out. If you think it's a shout out, well, it's not a shout out. What is this? <laughs> well, it's not a shout out for Audrey. Definitely not for Audrey. It's not a shout out for wow. Audrey. Yeah. Whoa. That was some non shout out. It was not a shout out for Audrey. <laughs> Just so we're clear. What song was that based on? <laughs> Is that original? It's a lesser known track. <laughs> a B side. That is lesser known. Uh, it's actually a good segue that um, Boots Are Made for Walking because that was one of the songs that they played at Waco. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? I just. Like sometimes we have, we I like can't believe I'm gonna actually want a career after this. <laughs> <laughs> reality shows and We're shout doomed. outs. Just... <laughs> Stick around for the next 20 years, folks. <laughs> She's just getting got. started. Boots Are Made for Walking, though, was one of the songs that they played at Waco when they wanted to get David Koresh and all those people out of the compound. Why would they do that? You know how they try to torture people with music? Oh my god. And you can watch no. it in this documentary. That's not the song that would do it. I love that song. What? They would just play it on repeat or I what? know, that's a thing. Like yeah, I but really they, why love did you choose too. such a good song? They shot they there were several different songs. They'd play Christmas music, they play just stuff that would eventually get Who let nerd. the dogs out? That's the only song you need for this. That was not the, around in nineteen ninety three. Or, or this is a song that never ends. Oh my god. It just goes on and on, my friends. So Don't people do it start to people. singing and knowing what it was. Don't and do it. And they'll continue singing oh. forever just because this is a song that never that ends. Really just go on and on. I, you're welcome. You, you could have prevented me. the Waco disaster I could, with that song. I'm missing my calling. Maybe that's it. They, that footage, though, was in the Oklahoma City documentary because Waco was a thing that led to yeah. Oklahoma City bombing. And so there is footage of this compound and they these boots are made for walking. I'm like, yeah, I'm like getting down. And meanwhile, it's like the right. most depressing situation. Right. I mean, that's why it's such a weird tune. Song. Yeah. But oh god, and imagine if you were anybody involved in that song's a trigger for a whole bunch of people now. <laughs> right. Because, okay, it's so... It's really, like, creating a... I don't like that. Christina Brown, one of our listeners, recommended the documentary to me. It's on Netflix, if you have Netflix. And so, you know, do you remember the Oklahoma City bombing? Were you old enough? Barely. Wasn't it 1992? Yeah, or three, two or three. I was... Three, I think. You were really young. Eight. Yeah, so you don't really... I was six, because my math is bad. <laughs> okay, so you don't really have a memory of it. Well, I remember it, and it was horrible, but then it's been so long, and so much other stuff has happened, especially 9-11, mm-hmm. that it's oh not God. that big of a thing in my... All the kids. I do right. remember that. That is the one thing I remember. Right. So, let me walk you through it. So, yeah. oh. it starts by describing the context for why... Um, what's his face? Why can't I remember his name? This is like early webbing of onset <laughs> dementia. The Oklahoma City. Timothy McVeigh. Yeah. Okay. 
He was a person who was in the military. He went to uh, the first Gulf War. He, uh-huh. he served. And then he was unhappy with what was happening. Like, he had been a gun enthusiast. He loved weapons and guns, which a lot of people do. And then when he went and used them and killed people, he felt very upset that this was happening and felt like, why is the U.S. government killing all these people? They are people just like me, and it's not necessary. And so he felt jaded by that. Then he came home, and there were a couple incidents that the government overstepped and acted impulsively or incorrectly and killed people that probably shouldn't have been killed. And Waco being the most obvious example of like really bad discernment on the part of the government. Mm. So these people are in a cult. They're a cult. Didn't they throw shit on fire? Like start Waco? They yeah, it's like it's unclear. The government says, no, no, we, we, um, they, they were in the compound for 40 days. We're, we're waiting for them to come out and they released some of the kids, but not the kids that were David Koresh's own kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a religious doomsday cult. So they, the, all of this horrible stuff happening is prof- Pro- prophecy. Oh my God. That's why cult, doomsday cults are so dangerous. Right. Because they're then the, self-fulfilling prophecies. Exactly. Right? So all, you know, whatever. So they're in their 40 days. Finally, um, they decide Janet Reno approves that they can cut holes in the wall and put tear gas in so mm-hmm. that they'll force them out. Mm-hmm. And then they claim that they have these recordings where the people inside are like, put your tear gas masks on and put fuel down. So they're, the government claims they set the fire. They put down gas. I feel like I've seen those record, or heard those recordings too on another yeah. Put the put the masks on. Yeah. I and then that. the 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 end of the story is that in flames the building maybe nine people got out. None of them were kids. None of the people brought kids out. And oh, those people are still around. And um anyway, Timothy McVeigh was there. He, and there's video of him watching the see, you know, the whole thing unfold and he's That's Nutty. Yeah, he was selling bumper stickers that said like, "Oh my god!" I think it was like white power type stuff. You know, is he, anti-government. Is he racist? Well, too? like a white supremacist. The documentary makes the claim that the white power movement and the militia movement uh-huh. were kind of like hand in hand. I think his bumper stickers were actually just anti-government and pro-gun rather than white power specifically. But he was just a part of this culture. And he, you look at him and you know that look of the white power movement of like the shaved head, the military guy. I'm not saying he was in the white power movement, right. but it was all connected. Oh it was like a culture of the U.S. demographics are changing. White people are becoming a minority. And at the same time, the government is overstepping and not letting people have free speech and, mm-hmm. and whatever. Mm-hmm. There are so many sides to well, this. Well, they that- think that... The people who are using the, the the government is giving out too much money to social services, and the people who are using the social services are people of color, and so that's their that's, fear. Yeah, and then they feel like, well, we're allowed to be. You know, you're allowed to be in oh, the KKK, God. and you're allowed to be a gun <sighs> enthusiast, and you're allowed to be all these other things. So, like, but the problem with the Waco thing was that there were claims that David Crush was 
impregnating very, very young girls. Mm -hmm. They had to do something. So it's a question of how could they have done it better without killing people. Regardless, Timothy McVeigh leaves feeling like, okay, you want to do things that are unfair and kill people that are innocent, then I'm going to construct this bomb. He makes it in a, puts it in a rider truck and he makes it out of fertilizer and all the stuff you can get if you're a farmer and stuff and pulls up the truck, walks away and blows away half the Oklahoma City Federal Building and um, I think it was 137 people died and lots of babies because there was a daycare. Mm-hmm. Two two babies or so that survived their parents were on and that was just... It was gut-wrenching to watch because, man... And a lot of people were injured, right? There yeah. It was like... I feel like I, I remember seeing... I remember as a child not understanding, <clears throat> like, the horrific images. Yeah. And, like, when when you hear interview of Timmy, Timothy McVeigh after he was arrested, this is an articulate, mm-hmm. bright, lucid, not-crazy person. By all accounts. It's oh, a man... That's the, oh, that's the picture I remember. Yeah. I, oh that's my God, a very that's famous been burned image. In my, that's been burned in my head. I re- oh, my God. I can't look at it. That, like, that, I remember that. Okay, I mean, these are on. people's <gasps> babies, you know? Oh! <laughs> and this is a guy... And my brother's the guy you, what, who will hold that. That creeps me out. How do you do that? Well, thank God First for First responders. Somebody. Thank God. Thank God for them. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Oh. So, you know, when you listen to these interviews, like, he's just a guy who is not what you think of when you Mm -hmm. think of, like... Mm -hmm. A terrorist. This is an act of terror. And he really believes that what... I mean, he's dead now because he got the death penalty, but he believed that what he did was justified, mm-hmm. necessary to make the point that that without a body count, the government doesn't listen. And um, my friend Rex, he's on Twitter, Rex Hupke. He works for the Chicago Tribune. He was one of the very few people that was in the room when Timothy McVeigh was executed. Wow. And I interviewed him about that, and he, Timothy McVeigh gave no final words, no sorry, no nothing. And just, and before he died, he said in the documentary, you know, the government thinks that this is justice, that they got me, I'm going to die. Well, it's 37 to 1. So he feels victorious because he might be dead, but 30, 136 people died at his hands. So he feels like mm-hmm. that's winning. Mm-hmm. Man! Yeah. Anyway, the documentary is oh. really good if you're interested in like how... I, I find it interesting to see how the context... Here's a guy, a white guy that blows up a building. Why? I there's got it. Like, I'm really interested to know what. (sighs) 
Oh, how do I... Th- okay. So, remember how we were talking about how sometimes the internet can have... There can be very negative sides to yeah. people only having interactions online and things mm-hmm. like that. If you are somebody who has radical ideas and you go and connect with other... A lot of times people use the internet as a place to vent and almost like an online journal where they can get out a lot of their thoughts without having to act on them. Mm -hmm. And it's a safe place to almost like vomit all these emotions and dark thoughts. Yes. And then there are people, I think, like this guy Mm -hmm. who uses those places and uses those Mm, connections with other people to validate and further uh, confirm his own very skewed beliefs and they can just get caught. Like, I bet he isolated himself from the outside world. I bet he just read those, like, you know, pamphlet kind of things that get circulated or, like, the very, like, radical magazines and, and those... Yeah, one of the things that was really compelling to me... That, you know, you think of, but you don't think of. Mm -hmm. And so when someone says it, you're Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. It was talking about how he, as a gun enthusiast, he would frequent gun shows. Uh And the person being interviewed said that at the gun shows, what you find is that there's an anti-government, you know, sentiment, worldview. That is, this was what I thought was so profound, cloaked in the veil of patriotism. Yes. Which is, you would think those two things would be dissonant, mm. right? The anti-government it's very patriot. Ameri- it's very like, this is what the true America is. This is what the first America, which, I mean, they were the ones who were stealing land and making people slaves and killing people. Sure. And, yeah, you know, there's a sense though of like and then we want to bring it back to sort of the original renegade, you know, mm-hmm. a by the people mm-hmm. idea, and yeah. that, but but it's this weird bitterness and anger, oftentimes not always, right? That but then is draped in an American flag. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting to me because I had never really put those pieces together mentally of like yeah, but it's like the nationalist. Yeah, thing. it's exactly. nationalism. Yeah. And right. that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was kind of learning and feeding and hearing a lot of. He didn't have a girlfriend. Yeah. He had okay. trouble finding a job. There you go. Now yeah. imagine this. You have, like, think of your, a person is their social connections. Like, you know that saying, you're an average of the five people you hang out with the most? Uh, look at. Those individuals. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, his buddy from the gun show, maybe, who has the same beliefs as mm-hmm. him, and then, like, some guy from an online chat room who could really be a 14-year-old boy who's, like, you know, just experimenting with all this and blah, blah, blah. So when you don't have, and then you have no job, mm-hmm. and imagine if he had a job where there was even one person who he kind of liked who was like, eh, nobody, like, you know, come relax this weekend. Don't, you know, come out with me and go whatever. Like, that that could have created some social connection for him. Like then there's no girlfriend, so now he feels like they're like cut off in that area. And there's I think a whole bunch for of people to like that. that who are being told from the left 
that they have white privilege and then they look at their life. Uh-huh. Oh, yep. To acknowledge that they have white privilege means they're an even bigger loser than they yes. thought they were. Yes. That's a very hard thing to take. Oh, my God. That's real deep. Yeah. I feel like that's something I'm going to take and use with a client someday. Right. In a it's gentle like, way. Because that's hard for the modern man. We have to redefine masculinity in the 21st century. Right. Because it's not... It, it, you can't, it has to change. Because imagine if you acknowledge all the advantages like mm-hmm. a, an attractive white yeah. man yeah. in America could have and then this guy can't catch a break and yeah. so I can see how that would foster bitterness to the point of destruction well and that's what we were saying about the reasons for men killing and it's that feeling of an adequate and that like lust for something else and like that drive for you know ugh. Yeah, so I really recommend the the movie though if you're interested in those sort of concepts and and if you were if you have a memory of that event because it's easy to it seems so far away it really wasn't but and the kids now are growing up the injured kids that survived and wow. oh my god it's a, it's heartbreaking trauma good to remember though because it's like okay could you imagine this matters. I was just, you know, speaking of trauma stuff, we were just going over this, uh, it's, uh, it's called the adverse childhood experience, Mm -hmm. like inventory. So it's basically a, a, not, I don't want to use the word quiz, but it's like a, a assessment that you give in therapy to determine how much exposure to trauma you've had as a child. And it's a list of like 19 questions or 18 questions or something like that. And only, and it, it's on like different scales of like physical and emotional and, and witnessing violence and sexual abuse and things like that. And in a 20 year longitudinal study in the United States of over, I want to say it was over 350,000 individuals who took this only 33% of the population has not experienced any trauma. Oh, wow. That should make, that should almost, I, to me, it, it brought me a little bit of comfort. Yeah, To right. know that a lot of times we feel very alone in our trauma. Mm-hmm. And we keep a lot of that secret. We take it to the grave and we don't share with anybody. And a lot of that times that eats away at us. And this could be any kind of trauma. Sure. And to know that, two-thirds of the population has also experienced some sort of trauma mm-hmm. and is getting over shit, makes you feel like, oh, God, right, Oprah, right, Oprah. <laughs> Remember her? She was raped by her uncle. She's Oprah now. She's been through some shit. Beyonce probably went through some shit. Yeah. Now she's Beyonce. All right. So just putting that out it's there. It's really uplifting, Sarah. Yeah. I mean, I said I hope it is. It is until you were like, Beyonce, she's been through some shit. She's probably, like, I mean, look, she's probably, like, in that two-thirds. That no, for, for sure. It is interesting mm. to see how people And, I mean, you look at, like, the people, oh, God, it's just, there's so much with that that, so, you know. Anything else you want to add before we go? You should definitely subscribe to the newsletter this week because there are some really good articles we put in there. <laughs> I have the list of all of those bizarre serial killers. I didn't even get to any of I mean, I got to a few of them, but I touched on 
two of I think twenty of the most bizarre really? female ones that we'll you've have to ever do another heard one. of that are not the normal ones. Oh God. Okay, we'll You're have welcome. to do another one. I'm sorry. I was talking about men again. I need to stop it with that. No, no, we it was we were talking serial killers in general. So yeah. that was fair game. And I just said I was gonna take on the female perspective. Alright. So Alright people, we'll see you next time. <laughs>